FNTN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Welcome to the month of August. And I'll tell you, we've uh, started the month off with a bang. Literally, we're going to talk about how we're seeing a lot of influence globally. I think more than what we saw just in the last week as pressure continues to build. We're going to take a look at what's going on when you look at China, Taiwan, and the U.S. How about, though, the exciting news about Ukraine moving some grain this morning? We'll also talk about Brazil's record crop and what that's going to mean to us here in the U.S. That and a whole lot more today as Darren Fessler joins us. He is with Lakefront Futures. And Darren, I wanted to start out talking about this whole conversation, China, Taiwan, and the U.S. You and I were talking before this program even started that uh, just as much as 20 minutes ago, there was a news report out there that says Pelosi definitely is headed to Taiwan. Are the markets nervous about this kind of news? I, I definitely think they are, and I, I think that just I think the market's nervous for it because of what China has come out and said. Um, you know, there have been some rumors slash reports, however you want to view it, that you know Pelosi goes to Taiwan, China will shoot down planes, and and, and so you've got all these headline risk out here. You add into a wetter Euro model overnight. The last couple of runs have been more wet. Uh, where you know in Iowa, Illinois, even parts of Nebraska is showing some rain over the next ten days. But the big big thing is the this China U.S. relationship and how it's viewed with Taiwan. Um, and it, it, it seems like this story and this issue is, is getting it's it's almost getting to a more of a boiling point. Whether whether we try to intervene with what's going on with China and Taiwan, that doesn't bode well for U.S. exports, or at least the idea of U.S. exports if we upset China. Same thing goes for the corn market, given that Brazil's coming off a record uh, crop themselves. Now, one thing to make note of with, with the Chinese and the Brazilians, especially the Brazilian corn market, is the Brazilians uh, are going to have an interest rate decision here on Wednesday, which will impact that dollar and the Brazilian real. So we've got to watch that closely because as of right now, the dollar is – uh, a little bit slightly higher today versus the real, but it has been moving lower here. So again, how that all plays itself out is very, very key in this week's trade. But again, it today's move off a of last week's big two dollar, almost nearly two dollar run up in beans to see a little bit wetter forecast and what's going on with Pelosi's visit in Asia is definitely has the market a little bit on edge to risk off. You can see that across all the energies here today as well. So having said that as you look at at the week ahead and as this whether she arrives or not what type of influence is this going to have on our grain and livestock trade well the biggest thing i'm watching fundamentally or weather wise here is is obviously the overnight temperatures and the heat um i think some of these these temperatures that we had seen back in june are maybe starting to show up in, in the ear counts, uh, in, in the, the, the length and the amount of rows that we have in some of this crop out here. Not only that, but Nebraska suffered a lot of, uh, of replanted corn hail damage. I drove by some stuff, uh, just west of Friend on, uh, this weekend and it still hasn't tasseled yet. It, it still looks good. It just hasn't tasseled yet. So, you know, in general, Nebraska is a, it, it's going to be all over the board with what what these yields will do i think iowa in general looks very good illinois looks very good there's areas of this state though and of the corn belt that are just 
there's too much variability to really pinpoint the yield. I, I think the if you look at how the, the market is viewing what the potential yields for corn and beans are, they're definitely trending lower. I, I don't think we're a 177 crop or a 51.5 bean crop. Uh, and given this heat, you know, how much impact is it going to have at the end of the day if we do have these overnight temperatures, you know, in the upper 70s, maybe 80s in some cases, because we, we don't really want to speed up this crop. We, we want to slow it down in, in, in these grain field periods. And, you know, if we have this prolonged heat without without rain, uh, if these models don't materialize, uh, there's no, no question in my mind these yields on both corn and beans are definitely moving lower. So having said that, and, and again, I know looking at the the big overall global picture you talked a little bit about brazil's uh, record crops and there hasn't been a lot of talk about them having an influence on us but it sounds like right now that influential is picking up it, 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 they definitely are because there there is a there's a, a relationship with china that hopefully from the Brazilian standpoint, hopefully export more corn later on this year, Q3 into Q4, to China. Now, how does that impact the USDA's view on U.S. Uh, uh, corn exports? Um, I, I think the USDA is probably overshooting right now on U.S. grain exports, but they're probably underestimating how you know, the, the amount of supply that we have. You look at the basis around the country, especially in the Western Corn Belt, it is screaming at there is something going on here that the USDA has not calculated for yet. Either the the demand for ethanol is much greater than what the USDA currently says, or the USDA definitely overstated uh, the, you know, the crop last year. And, I, and I'm kind of leaning towards, hey, we may not have the crop as the USDA thought last year because we still have basis levels in some areas that are stronger than what it was in 2012 when we had a reason for them to be, you know, a dollar fifty and higher above the board. Concerns about exports at this point for us? Uh, in, in, from my standpoint, yes, I'm concerned about U.S. corn exports and even the bean exports moving forward into the later parts of this quarter into Q4, F1 of 23. All right, well, stick around, folks. We do have a lot more coming up as we continue here around the corner with the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell. We come back, let's talk about the other elephant in the room, and that is what Mother Nature is throwing out so many big portions of the Midwest. Though, you know, we know growing degree days are good for the crops, but at what point is it too much? And what type of toll is it having on our livestock? We're going to take a look at that and a whole lot more as we continue the second half just around the corner. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. At Fontenelle Hybrids, we hear a lot from our customers and dealers that we have a family feel to our organization. Just ask Doug Bartek, a Fontenelle dealer at Wahoo, Nebraska. I feel Fontenelle is very family-oriented. They care a great deal about their customers and provide updates on what could be occurring out in the field and what to watch out for. I feel fortunate to work with a great group of people who provide a quality product. For more on being part of the Fontenelle family, just go to Fontenelle.com. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide labeled or RVN. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We continue to take a look at the happenings of this market trade with Darren Fessler. Of course, Darren with Lakefront Futures. So the other elephant in the room besides geopolitical has been this weather. You and I were just talking uh, during the commercial break. 104 is the feels like temperature in my backyard. Good news, of course, growing degree rates are great for the crops, but at some point it's got to be too much of a stress level. 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I certainly think, and I, I'm, I'm not a self-proclaimed agronomist, right? But, uh, you do not want to, uh, you do not want to push this crop, uh, you know, especially during a grain fill period. We, we want to slow this down. This is why, from, from a market standpoint, even from, from a trading standpoint, the biggest thing that I watch. Uh, is these overnight temperatures. I, I want to see temperatures mid-60s, upper 60s, uh, you know, maybe a couple days in the in the, in, in the mid-70s, you know, won't hurt it. But when we start getting the upper 70s, even the 80s in some areas, then, then I start to worry that you're not giving this crop enough break during the day, especially if we're going to have daytime temperatures in the mid to upper 90s, lower 100s, I want to see that crop take a break. Um, and, and that's where I get a little bit nervous when it comes to, uh, you know, the yields on corn. And, and I think there's enough validity out there um, where Nebraska is going, and we've, we've talked about this before on the show, where Nebraska is going to be probably more important than other years. Uh, Nebraska has just so many different issues in, in key high production areas of this state where they, they can't be ignored. Um, like I said, there's some stuff that was uh, on my travels on Highway 6 this weekend west of Friend that looks really, really good. An area that had been struck by some pretty wicked hail earlier on and got replanted. It had some wind over this last week as well. But, you know, we need some other nature to provide us some extended heat and maybe uh, some uh, extended growing season. York County would be another one, uh, so, you know. Uh, you know, Seward County, Hamilton, these are really good production areas that have been hit really hard this season. Um, you know, and, and, you know, so to me, this is a, a weather market yet that's not only for beans, but only uh, also for corn here as well, especially given what we had seen earlier on in the year with the hail and the heat in June. I think it's all starting maybe to show up here uh, as we progress this crop along. Well, looking at that, and I and I know that it's not just Nebraska that's getting hit. There's so many areas of the Midwest that are going to be stressed out this next couple of uh, days. The stress factor on the livestock is the trade noticing this this heat that's moving in, and will it affect the cattle trade? I, yeah, I, I certainly think it does. And and as I said before, I, I think that if you look at the cattle complex as a whole, um, you, you're getting some really, really, really high feeder prices here uh, that kind of make you scratch your head a little bit. But you look at the placement numbers, and I, I think that you're going to come, again, whether it's you know a month or two or maybe six months down the road, you're, you're going to come in here and say, where's all this cattle? And, and where I get concerned especially from the producer side of things is if i look at the western parts of kansas western nebraska where they have been suffering a drought that you know is equivalent to 2012 or worse um where are these guys and these producers if they're already short on bushels from last year basis levels are really strong they're going to be short again on crop this year poor pasture conditions it's, it's just going to shove more cattle through the system as well, and you're going to come at the end of the day, well, where's this cattle? And so I, I do think that cattle can move higher, should move higher here. Technically, they still look really, really good from a 
feeder market from a fat, uh, fat standpoint as well. So I, I think that the biggest risk for cattle at this moment is one, the U.S. economy, and two, the consumer sediment. We, you know, if, if we can get those a more of a solid footing, uh, I think that cattle can move higher. My concern is I do think the volatility in the equity markets are going to move higher here, which definitely could impact the overall prospect of what I'm seeing here in cattle. We got some higher box beef, though, being talked about. Yes, higher box beef, all positive things. Like I said, there's a lot of positivity going on in cattle here. But I think as we move higher here, we're getting to maybe some of these February higher volume levels in these September feeders. I think these are, you know, if you have some cattle out here going and being sold at the barn, these are some levels in the next few dollars. And you might want to be looking to be putting some hedges in place. What are the two things or a couple things that you want to be a key lookout as we really start this month of August in earnest? Yeah, key things. I'm watching the weather, obviously, first and foremost for the beans. The the second biggest thing I'm watching this week is Brazil. What do they do with interest rates? Not only Brazil, Australia is going to be making an interest rate decision. How does this impact the dollar versus two major countries that export a lot of grains? All right, lots of things that we looked at. What is the best way, Darren, for folks to get a hold of you? They can always reach me, text me, or call me at 312-858-3668 or find me on Twitter at DDF Alpha. All right. Darren Fessler has been joining us today again with Lakefront Futures. As we remind folks, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. That has been today's Fontenelle Final Bell. It's being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers. Check this out as a podcast at ruralradionetwork.com or wherever you subscribe. It's a free podcast. It's a Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.